It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to Fantasy Pros, where fantasy sports lives and where wagering lives, too, because today we've got a betting pro show for you for MLB. That's right. It's not just NFL anymore. No, no. Big changes here at Fantasy Pros. It's going to be me, it's going to be Dan Harris, and it's going to be you. And we're going to go through win totals in Major League Baseball for the National League teams today. We're going to talk about what those win totals are, if we like the overs, the unders, which ones we want to stay away from, and where there might be some value. And there's always value in the Fantasy Pros tools. And there's no bigger tool, excuse me, there's no better person to discuss the tools. I'm sorry, Dan, that came out weird. Uh, Dan Harris, how are you, my friend? Tell us all about what the exciting things that are happening ever at fantasy pros especially on the betting side at betting pros what a slip of the tongue oops. joe oops uh hi everybody okay so as you know if you have subscribed to the show we have been basically exclusively a betting pro show based on the nfl that's all we've done we've done it during the nfl season we're going to continue to do that, of course, during the NFL season. We'll do two shows a week, go back to the old school way of doing it, bringing on people from around the industry. But now we're expanding. We've got Joe Pizapia here. If you are, if you listen to our fantasy shows, you are familiar with him now. He's been our host for a couple of weeks. He's also going to be the host of the Betting Pro Show. It's going to be a weekly show from here on out. We are going to be touching for the next few weeks on MLB because that's where we are when we get to the NFL. We will be talking about the NFL, but we're going to have guests on from around the industry doing a weekly show, talking about whatever the big event is going on that week, or, you know, obviously the different sports with NBA, NHL. We're already into the season, so we can't do the preseason episodes, of course. But going forward, this is a weekly show that we will be doing beyond the NFL. It was the Betting Pros NFL podcast. It is now the Betting Pros podcast. So make sure you, you subscribe, you tune in every week. We're going to be here for you. For now, for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be baseball, which Joey P and I love. We love to talk some baseball, so I'm we ready do. for the NL win totals, baby. Let's and, do it. And to be fair, I am the second biggest tool behind Dan, okay? These are these Accurate. are the tools that you need right here. So all, all joking aside, this is something we're very passionate about. We love it. I talk a ton of this stuff over on Sports Grid on television, too, for the last few years, and I'm, I'm very excited to be talking it here on Fantasy Pros. And let's start with the National League East, and let's start with the win total of the Atlanta Braves. Now it's funny because baseball prospectus has them somewhere on 82 wins, which I thought was very, very strange, but uh, the win total around the aggregate value. And once again, trying to take all these different sites, like we do here on fantasy pros on the betting side on betting pros and give you kind of what the general landscape is. Yeah. It's going to be a half different here and there, but for the most part, you're looking at 91 and a half. So you're looking at the Atlanta Braves and in terms of rotation, they did make a big addition there with Charlie Morton. Uh, and I think that's a bigger impact than other people do. He's a veteran, stability, a guy who you can count on for innings. That's huge right now, coming off of a season where you really don't know, especially with the injuries they've had to Soroka and some of those young pitchers. Ian Anderson was a revelation last year, but there's questions about how much he can handle in terms of workload this year. It's a great lineup, Dan, but it's a little top-heavy. I think I'd be surprised if you got the same kind of production you got out of Darno and and out of some of the other players in the bottom part, whether it's the Swansons or Darno's or maybe even Marcelo Zuna to a certain extent, because we saw the best of Ozuna last year, but we've seen him be a streaky player in the past. So 91 and a half is that number. How do you feel about this number when it comes to the Braves? It's a 
big number. Uh, it really is. And again, we, you know, Joe, you look at the projection systems that are around. You mentioned it. And Pakoda, like, they, oh, they've faded the Braves, right? For, they like, have. the last— Everybody I, has recently. And, and they just constantly go over. But 91 is a big number, 91 and a half. And I think that's something that kind of we throw around, like, ah, 90, 91. It's tough. It is very tough in Major League Baseball to get to even 90 wins. By the way, for the, for the wins, as Joe mentioned, we're going to be using the consensus wins. So at Betting Pros, what we do is we aggregate all the available sportsbook. Now, I'm in New Hampshire, so the only numbers that I can get are at DraftKings. But if you look at bettingpros.com, and I think it's Joe's at bettingpros.com slash MLB wins, right? Is that That's the link for, mm-hmm. for the link? If you want to see the win totals for everything, you can see it where it is in every book. Now, 91 and a half is, is everywhere. Like, there there's no right. differentiation at it at all. So the consensus line is 91 and a half. That's what I have at DraftKings too. If I'm going one way, I don't love this bet um, either way. If I lean one way, it would be towards the over for a couple of reasons. I do like the lineup. I mean, Acuna obviously leading off is fantastic. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to bear out. Freeman off the MVP. I think Ozuna maybe not quite as good as he was last year. Darno is getting up there, but he is kind of legitimate. I love Ozzy Albies. Dansby Swanson is kind of real now. Like, I've been looking into him for on the fantasy side. He's he's legit. I like what I've seen from him. I like Austin Riley. And I like the rotation, Joe. I really do like Charlie Morton. Like, he's one of, one of my guys. Ian Anderson was a guy who, at the beginning of the fantasy season, I was like, I'm not in on this guy. Now I'm totally in. Me I too. Agree That's funny because you, you and I both kind of come to the Ian Anderson world right now in the last few weeks. And I've had that same kind of revelation. Yeah. Too. It's like, you know what, where he's going, it just makes a lot of sense. But yeah, uh, I personally feel like it's kind of a, it's it, again, these numbers are always right on. That's the whole point. I would yep. either stay away from this one because it feels just about right. I don't know if they're going to obliterate this number. And I'm a little concerned because it is high and it's a very competitive division as we're going to get to. This is the most competitive division, in the national league. Yes. That's what scares me about going too high over this number if anything, I would probably stay away, but if I had a lean, the lean would certainly be on the over by a hair because yep. I do think Atlanta is that team where they're used to success. They're used to being on top. They are built, I think, for the long haul, but I also just, I do have some questions about some of the guys. Like, I love Max Freed. I love Morton. I love Anderson. The rest of that rotation was still figuring out the I like Smiley. If, I think if Smiley, again, I've mentioned Smiley before. I think if Smiley can stay healthy, which is always a big if. And again, Soroka's probably going to miss, what, April coming back from the Achilles mm-hmm. tear. But the rotation is pretty good. The bullpen, though, Joe, not, not, not terrible. I mean, Will Smith's very solid. Martin is good. Minter bounced back. It just... It is the tough division. That's the thing about it is when you're looking at the win totals for any division, that's why the Central is such a, a fascinating place to look at because the, the win totals are all low because they're going to, you know, somebody's got to go over basically in that one. So I think for this, I agree with you. 91 and a half is a, is a sharp number. I don't love either way, but I kind of would lean over and it might be because I'm fading some of the other teams in the division. That might be now, the, the difference. The Marlins are at 70 and a half, which I got to tell you, seemed very low to me right yeah. off the bat. This is where I think the first spot where I'm actually a little bit excited about a number because I think that pitching is much better than people realize. I just did a little write-up on Fantasy Pros about Eliezer Hernandez. I just got to interview Craig Mish this week who covers the Marlins. and I asked him, I said, so tell me who is the guy that's getting all the buzz out of camp now with the Marlins because you know there's always the buzz guy. And he said, without a doubt, it's Hernandez. Yep. And you add him in with Lopez and Sixto Sanchez. All of a sudden, this pitching is a lot better than people realize. If you get some bounce back from Corey Dickerson, you get some guys like Jazz Chisholm to kind of take a step up. 
all of a sudden the Marlins, you know, they were a playoff team last year. I know it was a short season. Yeah. I just think 70 and a half is very low. I think they're closer to a 500 team than they are to a 70 win team. So to me, this is actually a comfortable over. I feel much more comfortable with this number than I do with the Braves number. So you walk me through your thoughts about the Marlins. Do you think this is too low or am I overrating this Marlins pitching staff a little? I think a little both, actually. I don't I don't think you're overrating the staff. I think the staff is really good. Sandy Alcantara, also very, very good in there. So I think it's a, it's a solid staff. That is what I have the least question marked about with the Marlins. The lineup is just kind of, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's not. Punch it's, and Judy. That's what yeah, they are. They don't have that great. guy. They don't have that dude. There's I mean, no I, Jose Abreu. There's no, you know, Juan Soto in that kind of They've got Starling Marte, who I like, but is kind of an aging speedster at this mm-hmm. point, right? Not not somebody who's really. So the, the lineup isn't great. The bullpen, they they don't have, like, the strikeout. I mean, Yumi Garcia maybe is the strikeout guy, but Anthony Bass is fine. Dylan Floro is fine. It's not great. With that said, I agree with you. I, I, I don't think this is a smash of the over, but I am leaning over on it for sure. And, again, the consensus line is 70 and a half, and it's to go under, you're getting plus money for the consensus line. It's plus 105. Over, it's minus 134. And part of that, I think, is because of the fact that there are a lot of books out there that are at 71. So the consensus line is 70 and a half, but there's uh, a lot of books out there, if you look, at 71 and a half. So it's right on the border in between. If you can get 70 and a half, I agree with you, Joe. I think I would go over here. I think they're, again, being a little undervalued. But I don't really, I, it's hard for me to see them getting to 500 unless that staff stays fully healthy all year and just rocks the house because that is the strength of the team. All right, moving on to the Philadelphia Phillies. 80 and a half is this number. I'm going to save our Mets for last because I I know we have so many feelings. I know originally we weren't (laughs) going to do that, but let's do the Phillies next. 80 and a half is the number here, and this feels dead on to me. I think this is an absolute 500 team. I understand they made some acquisitions in the offseason to improve the bullpen. It's improved. I still don't think it's great. This ERA of the bullpen was over eight last year. That is stunning. I mean, stunning. Like, you just can't even wrap your mind around it. And I get it. It's only 60-game season. Yeah, It's still atrocious, even regardless. So um, the Phillies are a bit of an enigma for me. I think they are a 500 team. They have top-of-the-tier you know tier guys, the Bryce Harpers of the world, then they have those top-tier pitchers in the front. And then after that, it's a lot of questions. The back end's a bullpen. is question still. I still think it's going to cost some games this year. It's enough for me to run away from this number. I don't love this Phillies number. I think they're an 81-win team, and that's basically where they're sitting. I like the under a little bit more because I'm fading them this year. I really am. And by the way, you can get 81 and a half at FanDuel. That's the one book that I'm seeing out there. On FanDuel at the 81 and a half, that's a more comfortable under, I think, for me. I A little more comfortable. And it's funny. You're like, well, one win. One win is one ginormous. Win is, uh, well, ginormous. one win is a big difference. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It really is. But even at 80 and a half, which the consensus line is, which is where I could get it at DraftKings and where it's basically sitting, I still lean the under the bullpen. I mean, they tried, right? They added some some heat back there with uh, Archie Bradley and mm-hmm. Jose Alvarado, and they signed Kinsler. You know, no minor league deal, but I'm sure he'll be in the majors. So sure. it's better, but I, you know, I'm not I'm not totally loving it. It is the staff. I mean, Nola's great. Zach Wheeler is great. Eflin's okay. Velasquez and more. That's not going to cut it. And the lineup. I mean, Real Muto already fractured his thumb I, I doubt it'll be ready exactly on opening day and that and that, that hurts could... the pitching staff too it does as I well think we need to we need to realize I mean not that he's not familiar with those guys but yeah you just want to be in a rhythm with everybody going into the season and when you're working yep. from behind uh, that could mean some struggles in April and that's enough to bring them down a little bit and the lineup is just like 
whatever. Like, Real Muto's great. Harper is fantastic. But, you know, McCutcheon is like a thousand years old, and I love him. But, you know, and, you know, Hoskins, one of my favorite players again. But none of these guys, Gregorius, Bohm, Segura, like, it's just... It's whatever. In this division where they're going to have to play the Braves, they're going to have to play the Mets, the Marlins aren't going to be as terrible, the Nationals aren't going to be terrible. This just strikes me as kind of the 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 under that I lean towards the most here with the Phillies at 80 and a half, especially at 81 and a half. All right, let's move on to the Washington Nationals, which is a place where you can, I think, make some money here if you have real feelings about this pitching staff being right. Because if this pitching staff is right, I know they're 84 and a half is basically the number somewhere around there is what you're getting yep. most places. There's one spot where you're getting 83 and a half, which I would be looking for that one and to take the over. And that's a Fox bet. And I got to tell you, like, I think that you can make some money on the nationals this year. You do have Juan Soto. You still have Victor Robles. You still have Trey Turner. There's a lot of good young players, obviously on that team. Plus you brought in Josh Bell. You brought in Schwarber. Both guys look really good playing for contracts right now in spring. They've looked very good so far in the, you know, very early going. You just want to see them show up to camp in good shape, ready, focused. That's what you're looking for. And for me, Dan, I think this is one where if the pitching is right, they've got Brad Hand now closing out games. That is a good, solid investment, especially if you do think a little less of the Phillies, then maybe you should think a little bit more of the Nats. This is a really tough one for me because I could see them smashing the over on this if everything breaks right. You have basically all three, the big three, they all have to bounce back, right? Scherzer has kind of been battling injury a little bit and saw some sort of real downturn in his numbers last year. Corbin lost two miles per hour on his velocity. Strasburg barely pitched and had the uh, surgery for carpal tunnel syndrome. I'm I'm getting more optimistic on each one of them as I dig into them even more. The back end of their rotation is kind of gross. I mean, John Lester. Oh, John Lester's terrible. Uh, no, no Somebody's trying to tell me about John Lester. The no. I do not want to hear that. No, no, no. But I do agree that Hand is a, a huge addition to that bullpen. Mm-hmm. And you've got Rainey, you've got Harris, you've got Hudson. And the lineup is, yeah, that's the thing. If Schwarber kind of bounces back and, you know, we're in best shape of, you know, his life season right now, he, he does look good. He does look very good. Bell, I'm willing to kind of buy the whole my season got, my, my swing got really long last mm-hmm. year and I kind of lost sight and I let my father sort of get me into some bad habits. I, I like him as a hitter. And when you add that with Soto and Turner, I think it has the potential to go over but I'm not comfortable with, I'm like right there. I'm like at 84. Like that, that's basically what I think is the right number. So this is kind of a stay away for me right now, but I see the potential for it to go way over. If in the spring, everybody looks kind of as we think they could look. I think that's the thing. If you're going into the year healthy with those three pitchers and Corbin especially looks good, I think you might want to dabble in this one. Otherwise you could see the opposite because we've seen this team unravel too when those pitchers yep. have injuries and they oh, don't sure. have enough in the system and the pitching to make up for that. Now it's time for our New York Mets, Dan. 91 wins. Oh, Maron, as my grandmother would say. That is a lot of wins for the New York Mets. Now, here's the thing. Stroman's back. Yeah. You got Carrasco. You've got yep. DeGrom. At some point, you hope to get Cindergaard. Um, I'm not as concerned as everybody else about Lugo and the elbow. I, I mean, that's a cleanup surgery. That should be fine. Go back and look at Cole Hamels here. He had his cleanup. He came back and had one of his best seasons. So I'm looking at this Mets team, the addition of Lindor, Carrasco, Trevor May. They've done some really good things, but most importantly, it's the depth. It's the depth of adding versatility and athleticism, which is something the Mets have lacked both of for quite some time. Whether it be a Jonathan VR, a Kevin Pillar, anybody else that rhymes with Alar, uh, it could be Malik Smith. All these guys, athletic, versatile, and I think give them a different dynamic off the bench than we're used to seeing. This is a faster team. This is a deeper team. 
And I think the lineup is very good this year, especially with Nimmo, Dominic Smith, surrounding Conforto and Alonzo. I know I'm painting a rosy picture, which is something that I never do as a Mets fan. Usually it's the opposite. Right. But I actually think this is a team that's going to win 90-something games. The question is, Dan, do you feel good about the 91? I mean, my, <laughs> my, 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 it's hard as a Mets fan. I, I'm trying to not I'm let it I'm trying my best to be... To look at this realistically, and they are the deepest team in this division. Yes. They are the okay. deepest, period. And I think that wins out more often than not in the 162 nowadays. Pakoda has them at 94 wins. I, I mean, 94. And I when I first looked at this, and I was talking about it with, with my boss, who was like, oh, I'm smashing the under. He likes to tease me about all my teams anyway. But I, I now lean towards the over once I sort of dug into it. And again, it's it's all over the place. It's 90 and a half. It's 91. It's 91 and a half at the various books. So for me, it's 90 and a half. That makes it a little more even enticing. Uh, I think the big thing, Joe, is you nailed it, which for the first time, really, with the new ownership, they have depth. They have so much depth. It's like it used to be like, all right, if everything goes perfectly, we're fine. But if we get yeah. one injury to the staff, then we're calling up rando like relievers to start games. You know, you've got Lucchese and you've got Yamamoto and you can survive and you've got the the defensive yeah, additions Peterson's as you mentioned. There too. They're, yeah. they've, got, they've got that eight starting pitcher thing. Exactly. They've got a bench where if there's an injury, they've got versatility where McNeil can float, Davis can float, yep. VR plays three different positions. Yeah. That's unique. You don't see a Mets team that has that and I think it's going to be very refreshing. They're also going to be able to create runs for the first time in a long time. Yes. They've been very station to station for many years. Lindor changes that wholeheartedly. I mean, that that is a big, big shift for the Mets from a philosophical standpoint of how they're built. I love the defensive, like you mentioned, Pilar, Almora, the guys who, you know, Almora's got another them, one. I even mentioned yeah. Almora because he doesn't, didn't rhyme with Pilar or, or Valar. So I, <laughs> but I you've got, you especially with Dom Smith, you know, right now scheduled to play left. And, you know, if you can get the defense late in games, that makes a huge difference. And the other thing really is Joe baseball teams are poor right now because of the revenue. You know, mm -hmm. who's not poor. Steve, Steve Cohen. Cohen, Steve Cohen. Let's go which, that game what I, money. what I, what I think is really what, what kind of pushed me over the edge is when you get to midseason and teams are like looking to sell and they're looking for salary dumps. I mean, look at Lindor. It's not like we gave up a huge prospect haul for Lindor and Carrasco. We were yeah. just willing to absorb the huge salaries because now we have an ownership group that can do that. And I think that's going to come into play midseason when we're able to regroup. As long as we're in contention, I, I think they're going to make some big addition, which is why now at this point, I lean towards the over, even at 90 and a half, 91, maybe even 91 and a half. So I'm over. Uh, it's terrible, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I think I'm over too. That's where my lean is also. Yep. Uh, moving on to the central, the Chicago Cubs. There's still some guys there. I mean, Rizzo, Baez, you know, Wilson Contreras. Bryant, yeah. still got Chris Bryant. There's still yep. Kyle Hendricks there. But let's be honest. I mean, it is this is the opposite, right? It's thin. I, I like yep. Ian Happ very much more than most people, but 78 mm -hmm. and a half is the number here for the Cubs. And Dan... I look at this as a lean towards the under. I just yep. feel as though, you know, as the season goes on, they're going to be separating themselves in the wrong direction from teams like the Brewers and teams like the Cardinals. And that means that there's going to be opportunity to get rid of some more of these guys because they're not bringing back all these guys. In fact, I'd be surprised if they brought back any of these free agents and the Cubs just completely wiped the slate clean. We'll see if they can get away with that. But what are your feelings on the 78 and a half when it comes to the Cubs? Because it feels like an under to me. I feel like you're getting a premium number because it's a big market team at the 78 and a half. And I think that is perfectly something you want to take advantage of. Is ditto 
an okay analysis. Ditto is perfect. We could say because, ditto and move on to the next team for all. I well, I do. Right now. The, the biggest thing I want to point out are, are two points. Number one, I mean, there there was talk about them dealing Bryant and everything like that. Like this is a team that has every intention of dealing away pieces if they fall out of contention which by the way is a big deal when you're thinking about win totals because if that does happen then like even if they're on a trajectory to go past that win total mid-season if they start dealing off pieces then you're you're going to be able to obviously tr- change the trajectory but the bigger thing for me joe is really the pitching staff i love kyle hendricks i'm like the, the biggest fan of kyle hendricks in the world who is their number two starter is it zach davies <laughs> is it is it jake arietta is oh, it Alec no, Mills? It's not I, it's, it's staff, that's the problem. This, it's just, it's, it's, it's not abysmal. enough. And there's no pipeline to yep. speak of right now. The Absolutely. pipeline's gone so. dry. You know, the guys that you thought were going to take you into that next stage, whether it be Almora, Ian Happ took a little longer to develop, Schwarber somewhere else. So it's a, it's, it's not good for the Cubs. The Reds are a weird one too, because they're at 82 and a half, yeah. which I thought was a little high also. Yep. Um, now I, I don't, you know, I, I saw um, Green pitch yesterday. He was, you know, hitting a hundred on the, on the radar gun. That's cool. That's great. I don't know how much he's going to contribute. He's still got Sonny Gray and still got Castillo, but they basically just dismantled the bullpen. And I know Amir Garrett's there and I know Sims is still there. Hopefully he can get healthy and, and be ready at some point earlier in the season than we anticipate. But still, this is a very weird, I think the Reds are a very streaky team on paper because you have great talent like Mustakas, you have Suarez, you have Castellanos. But some of these players do have hot and cold streaks, and I think that does equate to about a 500 team. But Dan, I mean, as much as I like Tyro Molly in this rotation too, it just feels like that bullpen's going to cost them games. They feel like the Phillies of the Central to me. Yeah. It's like they're top-heavy, they're streaky, and when it matters most, closing out the game, I'm concerned at whether or not they're going to be able to get that bridge to the win. I think you're right. Uh, I it, it, The Phillies of the Central is a great way to talk about it. It's not a terrible team. It's <laughs> no, like kind of close to a Another team, team that made the playoffs last year, in fact. Correct. But I do lean the under here. And again, I, I like the the front of their rotation with Gray, Castillo, and Miley. But, uh, you know, Wade Miley and Michael Lorenzen or whoever's going to be there 4-5. Just don't do it for me. The bullpen is questionable. Lineup's fine. I mean, you know, Castellanos, who you know I like. Suarez is good. Moustakis, Winker. But I, this strikes me as a team... They were looking to possibly deal Castillo before the season started. I don't think this is a team that really thinks it's in contention. It's a team that I think is going to deal in the middle of the season when they fall out of contention, and I think they'll fall under 500, which means I do like the 82.5 under on that one because I just it's going to shock me if this team sort of is in contention to win the division. Now, it's not going to shock me if the Brewers are there because I, I have, I've yep. learned my lesson. I understand Yelich was hurt last year. I get it. Yep. But as long as he looks good this spring, this 82 and a half in the Brewers is an over for me. And it's not even a lean. It's an actual wager. I, I just feel like, you know, with Woodruff, with Burns, I think they'll have somebody else in that rotation step up. It's, it's hard to pick out who, but I think one of those guys. They, I like Lindblom. I, I think Lindblom uh, could, uh, could be the guy. to me was a guy I circled too. So I'm glad you kind of reiterated yep. that. But as long as Yelich is, is, is good, the rest of this team will be fine because that's all they've needed. Basically they, they have been able to get there. They have a stunning bullpen with hater at the back end there. And Williams, it's just, it's a, it's a really much better team than people give them credit for. They had a Colton Wong, a couple other pieces here and there to me, this 82 and a half, they are better than a 500 team. I, I don't get this. Like I look at the rest of this division and I feel like the brewers are going to be fighting for the top with the Cardinals and 82 and a half. I just think that's a little, a little discounting the brewers in my mind. And it's time we stop doing that. It's weird how in sync we are with this, but well, hopefully that means it's right. But I, this is also a bet that I have when made. When two myself. smart, handsome people are yeah. in agreement, how could well, anyone not listen to them? 
Well, I mean, that's fair. If we ever find two smart, handsome people, then we'll, hopefully everybody will listen. We're keeping but um, I have bet this as well at, at over 82 and a half, and I feel really confident about it. You're right. The starting staff in the back end is a little questionable, but, you know, they'll. I think they'll get it done enough, mainly because I think they have the bullpen to do it. And you're right. Look, Lorenzo Cain, that we've talked a lot about on the too, fantasy right? side, is back. I think he adds a lot to that. They added Colton Wong, so defensively, they get a lot better. I think Keston Hira is going to bounce back. They just signed this morning, right before we recorded, Jackie Bradley Jr. to add to, again, the defensive sort of prowess that they're out there. I, this, this, I think they're gonna. I think they're actually gonna take the division. So I don't mind a, a future on the division winner either. But yeah, I love the eighty-two and a half. It's a bet that I have made, and I think it's gonna rise uh, as we get into it. So I'm with you. All right. Next on the list here, we have the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, we'll we'll finish up with Pittsburgh last, because sure. Let's talk about the ones that are actually competing here, because the Cardinals at eighty-six and a half. This seems like a pretty good number for me. Um, once again, the Cardinals rotation. I have a lot of questions about. I still like Flaherty. Big fan. I love the Arenado move. It helps the pitching staff, of course. I just have questions about the rest of the rotation. I just do. And and it's enough questions where I would lean towards the under here. I think this is more like an 84 win team than an 86 and a half win team. And if you're getting that A6 with the half, I would really prefer the under there because they could have a good season since win 84, 85 games. They could be in that wild card discussion around there. Yep. But I, I just don't know if this is a team that's going to approach 90 games. And, and I know St. Louis is a great place. And I know Arenado is a huge addition to this team along with Goldschmidt and they have some good players, but I don't know, man, it's just the pitching for me where I just, I I think they're going to just benefit from this bottom feeder division when you have teams like Pittsburgh sure. and I think Chicago is going to be bad and Cincinnati is going to be streaky. So it's going to inflate them a little bit, but I don't know if they can inflate them over this number. I agree. Uh, I, you know, it's weird. This is a, another one like the Braves where the projection systems just don't ever love the Cardinals and they seem to beat them. But again, Pakota's at 81 here. So that, that's a pretty big difference. And again, it bounces around. The consensus is 86 and a half. I'm looking at now Fox bets at 85 and a half, FanDuel at 86. So it really is a little bit different, but it is the pitching. The lineup is solid. Their defense is solid. Their bullpen has interesting arms in it, especially if Hicks can, can bounce back and everything like that. But it's the staff. I mean, after Flaherty, I know everybody's like, wow, Adam Wainwright still getting it done. Yeah, but the peripherals, the the behind-the-scenes numbers on Wainwright, it's like smoke and mirrors. The same thing you saw with Lester for the first month of the season last year. And if you paid attention to that, it was going to implode, and it certainly imploded in in September. And Carlos Martinez just can never stay healthy. Yeah. And, and Michaelis is just not not ever there. And, you know, Kim, fine. But, you know, I just don't think the... Uh, rotation there is good enough. It's really about if they can feast enough on teams like the Cubs right. and the Pirates to make it work. And it just, it doesn't strike me. It does strike, this team is more like a 500 team to me. So I, I'm i with you. I lean the under. And it's very rare you get a team that's going to be under 60 wins for a total. Uh, the Pirates win total aggregate wise is a 58 and a half. Yeah. And um, normally what you do is you look here and you say, okay, where can I find the bright spots? Where can I find where they can go over this because it's so low the bar is so, so low, low that it's actually something you can at times make money on uh we did this a couple years ago with i think one of the orioles teams i not it was last year it was obviously not last year it was a year or two ago and you just look at a low window and you go there's opportunity they're gonna be better than this they're not this bad you can find that sometimes i don't know if i can figure this out for pittsburgh i really don't i mean it is <laughs> barren right now and the guys that they have coming up are not going to be seen this year at all so I just think that is a bad situation. It's not bad enough that I want to go under because it's too low. It's a bad risk. So this is a stay away from me at the 58. 
I probably will sprinkle on the over just because it's so ridiculously low. I it's basically so hard to get there though. With I what? With, I mean, I, I mean, okay. look at the middle the, of this the, order. The worst major league team in the world, right, could just sort of fall into whatever, you know, however 50 wins or whatever you want to do. I agree. There's not, I like, like you, I tried to make a case for it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I and, like. And I, most of the time you can. Yeah. I was I like, I like Brian Hayes. I, I, I think Mitch Keller's got some bounce back. I mean, if, sure. if the velocity, you know, if they keep, you know, Rodriguez in the bullpen and Kyle Crick bounces back, maybe, maybe the bullpen will be okay. But yeah, you got to really stretch to make a thing. The biggest thing I think, and the reason why I think they could potentially get over and why if if I, I might sprinkle a little bit on the over is because I do expect the rest of the division to essentially, you know, sell off midseason in that the Cubs and the Reds, I think, are probably going to sell off and become teams that the Pirates will be able to beat as sort of their youngsters get a little there. But I agree. Usually 58 and a half, you're like, come on, man. I mean, I mean. Come on, we're not going to lose 100 and whatever. But it is hard to make a case. I think if I lean one way just based on the pure value of the number, I'd lean over. All right, Arizona Diamondbacks at 74 and a half. I, I, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I don't have a good gauge of this Diamondbacks team. This is a team that to me has a lot of variables. They could play way better than people realize. Yep. And they have at times. You know, they jettisoned all their best players and they had one of their better seasons in the last 10 years, a few years ago. I run away from the Diamondbacks. I don't have a beat on them. I, I'm just not there. The, I love Zach Gallen. This is nothing personal against him. Yep. Uh, I just don't, there's too many variables. And to me, that's not a good investment, no matter what the number is. So even though 74 and a half, it's tempting to go over, I could see where it bottoms out into the 74 and a half. So it's a stay away from me, Dan. I actually like the under. Um, I, wow, I am, okay. I'm, I'm fading this team like from start. I love Gallen. You and I both all over him. After mm -hmm. that, the rotation is horrible. I mean, Bumgarner, Caleb Smith, Luke Weaver, America, it's just not going to get it done in a division where you've got to play the, the Padres and the Dodgers all right. the time, which, by the way, is another thing you have to realize that the Rockies are, are going to be terrible, but they're going to have to play two really, like, elite, elite teams constantly, and I think that's right. going to hammer that's it. Good point. The bullpen is whatever. It's not that good. Soria, you know, whatever. Clipper, it's just not that good. And the lineup, you know, you know, Ketel Marte, Peralta, Walker, Escobar, it just, no, it's just, it, it doesn't have the goods in a place where you're going to have to place the Dodgers and the Padres all the time. So I'm going under with this one. I just do, I do not like this team from a wins total perspective. So how bad are the Rockies at 64 and a half? Is this a number that you think is too low? No, I actually don't think that's too low. I think it's too high. Um, I realize that that's ridiculous because it's 64 and a half, <laughs> but this team is terrible joe like I, the rotation is terrible you know marquez is fine if he's out of colorado freeland every once in a while can put up some good stuff but sensatella i'm tired of waiting for john gray the bullpen is bad like kudos to to bard for the comeback but I, it's really hard for me to see it again i think and, you'll see blackman move too i get a good feeling they, they want to move that's the thing they've moved arenado Maybe they'll sign Story. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll move Story if they fall out of contention. Jeez. Maybe Blackman gets moved. It's the lineup is barren, man. I this, I this team has no interest in competing this year. They are not an analytical, an analytically driven team anymore. This <laughs> strikes me as a team that's going to be bad, and then they're going to deal, and they're going to get even worse. So I'm actually under on both these guys. The bottom feeders of the division, I'm under under 64 and a half. All right, let's do another one before we get to the big boys here in this division because there are two big boys. Let's do yep. the San Francisco Giants, 75 and a half. Now, this is a team that's starting to sprinkle in some of the youth uh, and using some of these young players they have. Gossman had a great season last year yep. for them. So 75 and a half is the number here for the Giants. Your thoughts on that? 
it's about right. I don't have a great lean on it. it they've kind of had a, a nice, sneaky, good offseason. Like, I like the addition of La Stella. I like Disclafani. Posey is back, and I expect him to be able to contribute. Mike, Mike Yastrzemski is still there and good, They and they got Gossman back, who I, I am kind of buying into. I like kind of the sneaky Aaron Sanchez. They have some kind of interesting bullpen pieces, but... I don't know. It's just not a team to get excited about. Like, there's no way you don't look at this team and see a path for them to really be like, man, this team's going to be like an 84-win team. And once you get past the fact that you're like, I don't really know if you're a 500-win team, then you're like, ah, 75, 76, that's about right. So this is a stay away from me. I don't have a strong feeling. I can make a case for both sides. So strong unders on the bottom feeders. I think San Fran is about right where it is at 75 and a half. So stay away from me. All right, let's go with the big boys now. Let's start with the Padres, 94 and a half. It's a lot of wins, but they added a lot of pitching. This one feels about right to me. I mean, as bad as this division is, I think I would lean towards the over, but I got to tell you, I think this is exactly where they are. I think they're a 94, 95 win team. I don't think there's a lot of leeway here. I don't see them going under 90. I don't see things bottoming out. In fact, they had a lot of injuries last year and still played really good baseball yep. despite that. So they have depth. They have better starting pitching. Two aces they added. If Paddock is good too, and Lamette at some point can be healthy. My goodness, this is a lot. So for me, it's hard for me to get to the over because it's such a high number. I would look for the lowest one I could find. If I could find one at 92, I would try to do that and go yep. over, but that's about it for me. So unfortunately, like I just don't think it's going to give here and I don't think it's going to go negative. So I want to beat on the Padres and I am, but I'm not going to be wagering on this, on this 94 and a half. There is a 93 and a half out there at Fox, but that's the lone one I see out there. So if you yeah, get that, that's gotta fine. Be like 92 for me to let go. Okay, let's do this. This is so chalk and I hate doing it. But I, I really like the over on the Padres. It's, it's so fair. chalk. It, it's, it's chalk, though, right? Because the number's inflated, probably, because they're like, well, the public's going to love this. But you look at this team, Joe, it, it's hard for me to find holes in it. I mean, the lineup, up and down, right? Grisham, oh, it's brilliant. Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, Pham, Myers, Cronenworth, maybe. But they've mm -hmm. got, like, all the little things that you look about. It'll be like, okay, well, they've also got death. They signed Hassan Kim, <clears throat> excuse me, and Profar, right? right? You look at their staff they just basically they weren't like we're going to rely on denelson lamette to throw us a full season they're like no we're just going to trade for everybody we got darvish and snell they added musgrove paddock you and i both kind of like as a bounce back they've got depth they've got a really solid bullpen i don't know who's going to close i don't really think it matters if pomerantz can kind of you know repeat what he did and the biggest thing joe they're obviously going for it. They've got mm -hmm. no problems with it. And despite everything they've done, they've still got a pretty elite farm system. So if they have to make a deal in the middle of the year, they can do it. It's going to be a really fun division to watch. So for me, 94 and a half, it's actually over is, is probably my favorite bet in this division. Well, the rating champs added Trevor Bauer this offseason and their win total sits at 102 and a half right now. <laughs> I know this is going to sound crazy to you, maybe, but I think this is an over two. I think they are going to be that kind of stellar good. Like, I think they're going now. I would try to find the number of the lowest hundreds I could find. And there are yep. some places where it might be a little lower than the 102 and a half. Maybe you get a 101 and a half or something like that. But 102 and a half to me is still an over. I think this is around 105, 106. I don't think they're going to get to the 110. But we mentioned about this division the Diamondbacks aren't good, the Rockies aren't good, the Giants are a work in progress, although competitive. At times, um, yeah, I just be the, the Dodgers still the class for me and 102 yep. and a half, although it's a big number, I would lean towards the over here. How about you? Yeah, I agree, Joe. I, I know it's chalk, uh, but it's juice. Towards yeah, but the you under. know what? There's we always talk about this on a lot of my shows in the past is there's good chalk. 
Yeah. Good chalk is great. Yeah. That, that's called a good investment last time yeah. I checked. It's like, hey, do you want to invest in the plumbing company? Because everybody everybody needs a toilet, you know, it fixed at some point. And I'm like, yes, yeah. that's a good investment. Like okay. sometimes you just look at something and it just makes sense. And you know what? The Dodgers right now, it's hard to find the downside, especially now adding another pitcher to a mix of already very good pitching. You're making me feel better about my investment in the, our good. local plumbing company, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. There are no, there's not, like, how does it go wrong for this team? Like, what, if Bauer and Kershaw get injured, right? Like, the worst case scenario, okay, man. Like, you're sitting there with, like, very serviceable Tony Gonsolin, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, they're able to survive whatever comes their way. They've got depth. They've got money. They've got a really deep bullpen. They don't just rest on their laurels. Last year, they were on a 116-win pace, man. Like, it's just it's really difficult to see this coming under even Pakoda, you know, who's kind of, you know, conservative there at 104. I agree. I know it's like we're sitting here and we're like, I'm like over on the Padres, over on the Dodgers. I don't care. Like that. Yeah, that is a lot what of the it too. Like, like, yeah. the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, yeah. and you were under on, I think, even Colorado on the Rockies. So. Yeah, yep. and if that all shakes out, then you are going to have that disparity, and it does look like there's going to be a disparity. My takeaways from this show, Milwaukee Brewers over, yep. uh, under, uh, excuse me, over on the Marlins and over on the Washington Nationals. Those are three where I, I think there's a real opportunity, and I think this is why it's a good exercise. What do you come away with as, like, your favorite pieces that you talked about? For you, what are your favorites in the over or under categories? For sure, the Brewers. That If there's one bet that I'm walking away from in this one, it is the Brewers over 82 and a half. I think that number might rise, so I would get on it. Now, yeah. Like, now, basically, is what I would do. I like also the, uh, I know it's, you know, wasn't wasn't one that you were necessarily looking at, but I really like the Padres over 94 and a half. I just think, again, there are so many ways for this to go mm-hmm. right, and so it has to be, for me, a real disaster right. for it to go wrong. And I kind of like the Marlins over 70 and a half. I like you, you know, it's something where I, I you know, I'm not, I don't think they're going to compete for the division, but I do think given that the Phillies are going to be a little weaker than I think people are giving them credit for. I like the Marlins to basically be more like a 73, 74 win team. And the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. All right. I want to remind everybody to go to bettingpros.com slash MLB wins. Again, that's bettingpros.com slash MLB wins. And you can take a look at all the different win totals from all the different sites where you can make your wagers. When Dan and I return next time, we'll be talking about the American League teams. Going to be great fun. So that'll do it for us today. But the story of the game goes on. For Dan Harris, I'm Joe Pizzapia. We'll see you next time, kids.